0: Behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch.
1: This is the Score North Taxi Squad.
2: How is it going, Minnesota sports fans? It's the Score North Taxi Squad, available on... Let's see, uh, scorenorth.com, scorenorth YouTube channel. If you want to see our lovely faces, you can also check us out on Spotify and Apple as well. My name is Jason Stormer. Joined along with the usual cabbies on duty, we got Artist Woods and AJ Frederickson, Gentlemen, how are you doing today? It's a Wednesday. It's hump day. We're getting over that week, but uh, how are we feeling? The temperatures here in the Twin Cities are, we're reaching records highs or whatever, and I don't know if that has anything to do with the Timberwolves, maybe the Wild getting their a little hot streak going as well, or maybe it just has everything to do with who the minnesota twins will be sending to cooperstown also in the summer anyway we got a jam-packed show for you guys today but how you feeling feeling good man a little tired uh but ready to start the show
1: man we have as you said a lot to get into today um we have some things to be upset about some things to be really happy about some things to be ecstatic about so i'm ready to get into it man i'm not gonna lie but i'm feeling good how you feeling aj
0: yeah, I'm feeling the same way. A lot of a lot of stuff that is kind of on the upswing for Minnesota sports, but obviously some stumbles here and there, a couple of speed bumps. But in the grand scheme of things, past twenty four hours have been pretty solid for for just Minnesota overall. Minnesota natives, Minnesota sports fans, and um, I'm excited to talk about it. You know.
2: Yeah, as always. And obviously, like the big story of the past 48 hours here in town was Joe Mauer being elected to the Hall of Fame. And obviously, that's a huge story. And we will get into that as the show wraps up. But we're going to start, first of all, with your Minnesota Timberwolves, who currently, as we are recording this podcast on this Wednesday night, are trailing the Washington Wizards. The what, like seven win Washington Wizards, 59 to 57 at halftime. And this comes off the heels of a devastating 128 to 125 loss we to the Charlotte Hornets. It was uh, it was probably the worst game that the Timberwolves had played all season long, and it really kind of derailed a lot of momentum that we'd had for this team, at least for them sitting on top of the Western Conference. Uh, definitely, this is the biggest speed bump that the team has faced so far in the season. Of course, there's plenty of time for them to figure things out, but how are you guys feeling right now as the Timberwolves are arguably going through their toughest mental stretch right now, I would argue, that this is maybe the most point in the season where that this team... Team has been tested uh with uh with mentally and stuff like that how are you guys feeling right now about the timberwolves
1: on the bright side you know if there was ever a time to go through the stuff that they're going through right now from a mental standpoint now will be the time you don't want to go through this later on in the season when you're really really truly fighting for playoff seating you don't want to have to go through these things during the postseason but i mean i don't like what i've seen recently man uh i don't i don't like what i've seen especially from our star player anthony edwards um, in these last recent games. And one thing that's been coming out a lot through his mouth, through his words is we just weren't really prepared to play tonight. Uh, we just didn't have the energy tonight. We were just focused on cat getting a certain amount of a hundred points. And it's like, you know, so, so you go back through the schedule in the recent games that I, as I look at them, like literally as I speak right now and you got multiple games back to back where he said that, you know, so you got the Grizz game. They ultimately won that game, but you know, he came out in the first half and was non-existent almost. Um, the team had to rally behind him, like, yo, I forget who it was. I think it was uh, Kyle Anderson who, you know, he said kind of got in him a bit and was like, yo, let's go. Get it like where you at? Like, let's, let's, let's get into it. And he's like, all right, second half, he came out. He's like, I knew nobody could check me. So, you know, I came out and I started doing, and I think that's the game he threw the, the ball off the glass and mm-hmm. came and dunked it and, you know, just going crazy. All right, you as a fan, you chalk that up. All right, you know, everybody has a day where it's like, I'm just tired today, right? But then you follow that up. And you lose against OKC, you only have 19 points. You're truly kind of, in my opinion, non-existent on the offensive side of the ball, especially compared to Shea Gilders alexander who finished the game with 33 points. You lose that game by five points. These are games that are going to really hurt you down the stretch when it comes to fighting for playoff seeding because now they just usurped you for first seed in the Western Conference because they beat you other times and then they they just recently beat you. So then there's that. You're coming off of a loss. So at this point, I would almost say a rival. Because at this point, they're a young rival in the league to you, right? Hmm. He comes out in the media. It's hard to, you know, beat beat the Thunder when Shea is getting these, all these type of calls. That's not really really what we want to hear. And you had 19 points and Shea had 33. One game you say you wasn't there, but okay, I showed up when I felt like it. The next day I'm complaining that Shea is getting all these calls when I really didn't play well. Then the following game, Cat goes for 62 Non-existent in the fourth quarter. You're non-existent all game. Talking about we trying to get the ball to cat. These games matter, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to look back later on and be like, I wish we would have won this game because the the difference between the one seed or the two seed or whatever seeding is in the West is a half a game or a game. Well, if, you don't want to look back and be like, well, if maybe we'd beat the Hornets that one night. We'd be the one seed. Like you. You do not want that. And now you coming out in this game against the, against the Wizards, and you're down too. So I think this is, is growing pains. Obviously, you haven't had Mike Conley, right? So a bit of this is, you know, growing pains. But, like, I think from a mental standpoint, y'all got to lock in. The Timos are not at a point right now where they can afford to just take nights off. You guys haven't proven anything yet, other than you're a really good young team. You're unproven. You haven't gotten out of the first round. You haven't won any championships. You cannot just flip the switch on and off. You have not proven you can do that yet. So don't start now. Come out here, play your best ball, stack some wins. The last thing you want to hear as a fan or as an analyst or as anybody else who's rocking with the Timberwolves is after the game, your star player coming out and saying, we just ain't have the day. We just ain't Mm -hmm. had the energy. Some (laughs) of that is on you as a leader. You supposed to make sure y'all have that energy, but
0: y'all take it away. The word that I think and maybe you said it, but I think was missing from that that kind of rant that is uh, on point was immature. Mm. Immaturity is what, for me, as somewhat of an outsider looking at, I don't follow the Wolves as much as as either of you guys and maybe some of the other diehard basketball fans in the state. Um, what was looking like the state of hoops is now the state of immaturity because these past couple of games, especially um, against the, the the Hornets, Charlotte. Why on earth, when you are playing a basketball game, are you watching any other? You there should there's no other games in the in the world going on right now. Don't even there should not be any screen watching, um, anything of that sort. Why uh, why on earth is it coming out? Reported in the Athletic by uh, by John, I believe it's Krajewski. I, I want to say that the Wolves at halftime saw that Embiid had like 70 or, you know, had had whatever he had at the half. And then they are back out on the court in the second half asking for updated, like, notifications on where's Embiid at, where's Embiid at, what's he doing? We want Cat to have a better What on earth is happening? What on earth is Mm -hmm. happening? Is that what happens when Mike Conley sits out a game? All of a sudden, Ant and Cat and everybody else just want, like, you guys yeah. were the uh, I believe they have now fallen out of the first spot in the west now correct mm-hmm. the tie, yeah.
1: but okay has a tiebreaker for number so one in the west mm-hmm. now
0: yeah how how on earth is this allowed to happen Chris Finch get a hold of your team and I have mm-hmm. said for the one of the like I've said for the longest time I think of like the four major sports men's sports basketball their head coach it, it does have an impact, but it has the least impact of any, any coach for, and it's baffling to me because, and you see it with like LeBron, I, I think for a long time with the heat, like the guy that whoever was in the, in the suit, there was essentially an empty suit. You know, it's LeBron's team. He's running it right now. Chris Finch needs to reestablish. I am the coach. And I understand you have these X's and O's you want to run and all that stuff. But for a, a court in a, like a play fi- playing field where you're so in, you're so accessible to your players at all times, they like, they're within earshot of you at all times. How do you not at some point over those four quarters, pull people aside, call a timeout in the locker room. And apparently he did, but real things in say, guys, cut the crap, play basketball, not this stat padding 2k let's see who can get the more the most points type of basketball this is you're not out the you know on the blacktop trying to show out in front of your friends you are in the national basketball association you're here to win games and win a title what why are we who cares about breaking a franchise record that he already owns Mm -hmm. he already owns it you're not dethroning a guy like KG. You're not pushing aside some other Timberwolves great. You're pushing aside yourself there, and in like quite literally, you're getting in your own way. Reel this team <laughs> in, and I in the comments afterwards, I think are fine. You know, but to me, it's empty because really, if it bothered you that much, you do something about it during the game. And, yeah. I, and I, I understand a lot of people are griping, like, you know, there was some missed calls down the stretch. I want to say the NBA, like, Refing association or whatever said there was, like, ten missed calls in the final two minutes, seven of which um, disadvantaged the Wolves, three against the Hornets. Uh, especially I saw the big one against Cat where he mm-hmm. drove the lane, and, you know, it was clearly a foul. Don't know how, but that would have sent him to, to the line to, like, tie the game. Right. Why on earth is the one seed in the West needing that call To tie the game against the nine win Hornets. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't even be a. You were up at 13 at one point late. Why are we just. 15 and fourth.
1: Yeah. 15 and
0: fourth. 15 points in the fourth quarter. Put it, put, put, I want to say put your foot on their throats, but put, you know, put your foot on their stinger or whatever you want to do. (laughs) Like, get the fly swatter out. This, this is what, as, as more of a casual Wolves fan, makes it so hard for me to buy in and believe in them and i understand the hype and everything because it's it's an unbelievable amount of success that they've had so far this season i get that and i want to say that this is like i'm not saying that they are like done they're not cooked it's not right
1: right right yeah
0: but you have to take these past couple of games these past couple of piss poor performances and spin that and use it as a stepping stone to say you know what guys we cannot do this anymore We cannot be this team. This is what past Wolves teams do. We cannot be looking out for ourselves. We have to look out for the collective. We're looking out for the guys up in the 200 section that got off their their job working minimum wage, who spent their hard-earned money to come see you tonight to win because they have been through the trenches with this franchise since the, the, the con days, just hoping, yearning for something for Minnesota Timberwolves basketball to finally reach that precipice of, getting past the first round of the the playoffs, hopefully hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy, not coming out here to see cat score 62 points and then lose to a, a single digit winning team halfway through the season. That cannot be the Minnesota Timberwolves. You have to use this as a turning point for the franchise for the season. And it it has to be a learning point because if you see this continue, then it's over. I'm willing to tell you right now, they're not going to do anything because this is where like a snowball becomes a avalanche. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to immediately put cut that out.
2: Amen. So- I don't think I could say it any better than you, too. Uh, this was the quote from Chris Finch after the game. Quote, it was an absolutely disgusting performance of defense and immature basketball all the way through the game. So it really didn't slip away. It had been there from the jump. This is what happens when you have this type of of approach. So hopefully right after that game, Chris Finch got on those players and said, guys, this effort is not going to get it done. This is not championship level basketball. And we've all raised the standard of the wolves to compete for a championship this season. And I think we all expect that standard to continue going forward, unless things really start to crater here as well. Uh, But the thing I really want to talk about guys, and obviously artists talked about the whole Anthony Edwards stuff and how he's got to be better in these games, but specifically at the free Throw line. The end of that Oklahoma City game, guys. Look, Anthony Edwards is going to be a perennial all-star in this league. I think there's no doubt about that. He is going to get votes from fans and everything like that, and you're going to see him in all those all-star games. Get all NBA kind of mentions as well. I think that is guaranteed for his career. But that is guaranteed for all-stars in this league. And what I want Anthony Edwards to be is a superstar. And in order to be a superstar, you have to be clutch In those moments, you have to knock down your free throws. Now, granted, I think like Ant's like an 84, 85% free throw shooter this season, which I think is up from his uh, career numbers so far. But still, it just seemed like that was a definitive moment for Anthony Edwards. When you're playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, a top team in the Western Conference, along with you, you had the chance to have that moment and you couldn't make your free throws. And it's not like you're Rudy Gobert at the line. You know what I mean? You're Anthony Edwards. You're more than capable. You need to lock in in that moment. I don't know. And look, yeah, stuff like this happens. I get it. But still, we are we've raised the standard of what we expect from this Wolves team to such a degree that these things just can't happen. And I don't know if losing in that gut-wrenching way to the Thunder set things up for them to fail in Charlotte uh, against the Hornets. Um like you guys mentioned, I if they if the reports are real that they were trying to check the Embiid score throughout the game, then that it just shows a complete lack of maturity of this team, like you guys mentioned, and I really really hope that wasn't the case, and it is a shame because. That was an electric first half from Carl Anthony Towns, arguably the best half of basketball he's ever played in his career. And it was so exciting to watch. But as the game continued to go on, you could just tell that the other pieces of the team were not going to be able to pick up the weight. When and, engaged? And not at all. Like, look, okay. Anthony Edwards had 11 assists in the game and that's fine and dandy. I want him to have 11 assists in every single game, but not when you're shooting. What was it? Three of nine, three of 10, three of 11. It was just, and even guys like Jane McDaniels didn't seem very, Very engaged as well. And Rudy Gobert even only got six shots in that game. And Carl, I believe, went two for 10 in the fourth quarter. Guys, how many players who have dropped 60 points in a game end up getting benched at the end of a fourth quarter? In the same game where they're putting up 60 points. He had to get benched because he was playing that bad in the fourth quarter. By then, he already put up his stats and everything, but he was just he was forcing up shots. He was unplayable, and we've seen that time and time and again from Carl Anthony Towns. And so I don't know if he just got so hot in the first half that everybody else just backed up and said, like, this is Cat's night. This is Cat's night. We don't have to do anything. We, he's got this. We got this in the bag. But Charlotte just kept it close the entire time, and ultimately, they won the ball game.
1: They— yeah, go ahead. They felt like they could sleepwalk through the game. And that's how they have been treating every recently in the last 3 games. Yeah. And we just talking to, I'm just talking the last 3 games. That's how it seems like they've approached these games with the exception of the Thunder game, but I can make the argument that Anthony Edwards kind of sleepwalked through that game. Mm-hmm. It's like see we harp on how great of a player Anthony Edwards is, but you hit it on the head, Jason, and I'll just add to it. There's a difference between great and excellent or let me let me rephrase there's a difference between good and great right now you're playing like a good player we expect you to be great and there's no reason why you take you play the way you have played in these recent games and the first thing we hear you say in these last 3 games straight is either we weren't engaged we weren't properly focused locked in and this player is these this other star player who may end up being a rival to me at some point in my career if not he's already a rival another guy at the top Young guy at the top of his game competing with me is getting all of these fouls and all of these calls. And that's why it's hard to beat them. These are not things that we, that's I think for me, that's what I'm focused on. It's about a mindset. You could beat all three of these teams easily. It's Mm -hmm. the mindset about how you're approaching these games. Now I'm confident and I've, I've been hard on Chris Finch before. I'm confident at this point that after the, the Grizzlies game, Chris Finch was talking to those guys like, "Hey, you guys got to focus. Hey, you guys got to get it together." I'm confident he had similar talk- similar conversations after the Thunder game. At some point, it comes down to the players on the floor. You guys got to take the initiative. You guys got to be who you who who you're supposed to be on on the floor. Car Anthony Towns an <laughs> exceptional player, but without diving too deep into it, we know what he is. We just we know what he is. He just seems like he's just mentally sometimes you just I don't know, bro. I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't know. But we but we know, but I don't know. You know
0: what I mean? You know what I
1: mean? I know. Like, you know, we know, but I, but I don't know. And I say I don't know because I don't want to say we it. You.
2: you know what I mean? We know what he is. Every Minnesota sports fan knows exactly what you just said, you know, even though you didn't say anything at all. Exactly.
1: Like, y'all know, where I'm, y'all know. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't want to say it. You know? But at the same time, it's like that's when you count on guys, especially with Mike Conley not in the lineup. You count on guys like Anthony Edwards in this in this time to step up and play exceptional basketball and lead your team to wins. That should be three. That should that should be three wins in a row. And coming off of this last game, I keep on checking the score. They should be blowing the Wizards out right now. Nope, they're right down now, by two. It's a dog fight. I think they just oh, they, oh, just, they just, went up and
2: just hit a three. They're up by one, but, but they're it, still only up by one on the Wizards. It's a dog fight. And,
1: I, and Mike Conley and, and he he is a massive piece. We see it. He's it's a not massive an excuse piece. though. It's not. It's, an excuse. it's not. It's not. I'm just saying he's a massive piece mm-hmm. to this team. And missing him from you know his play, his perimeter shooting, his playmaking, and from his leadership is obviously a big deal. Yeah. But I don't want to hear. Oh, I'm sorry. A, oh, you good. In order for these guys to make a run, there has to be some serious moments of growth. It, it just has to be. And I think that you know, in a way, as much as we're harping on how bad this was, it could be a good thing because there are lessons to be learned through this experience. This will not fly later on in the season.
2: It, it will not fly not fine with me right now to be honest with you and the one thing I've heard too lately as well is just oh well this is still kind of a young team you know Ant's still kind of young and everything like that Jane McDaniel's still kind of young these guys have been in the league for long enough I don't want to hear the age argument with the Timberwolves anymore when we got guys in their third and fourth years in the league at least in their core pieces of this team I know you know Nas is 24 and Jane's only 23 as well but I I just I, I can't hear that argument anymore if we're seeing young teams like Oklahoma City have that maturity why can't we you know what I mean and they're pro- they might be even younger than us with yeah. Shay, with if you combine Shay Chet and all their other younger pieces as well um it's it's not. Panic time. No, yeah, it's, it's, no, it's it's not, not panic, panic time. time. You but lose to the it's, Wizards it's tonight. And we're going to be no. we're going to be damn close to this because, again, we talked about this last time we recorded. This is kind of a softer part of the schedule. I think the Wolves actually have one of the softest schedules for the rest of the NBA season. But in this particular window with getting to play like Detroit and Memphis, even Portland before that getting to play Charlotte and now Washington, you got Brooklyn and San Antonio after that before you get Oklahoma City again. Though I mean, including the Washington game tonight, those are three must-win games. You gotta be Brooklyn, you gotta be San Antonio, you gotta win. Let's see, yeah, three Easy straight wins. going into your next Oklahoma City match because that game is gonna be in Oklahoma City. And I want this team to send a message to the Thunder if possible. Because OKC has
1: been sending a message to us all season. Yep.
2: Yep. They've been
1: sending a message to the Wolves all season, and I'm yep. not sure they're properly receiving the message. Yo, they are another young and up and coming team. That has shown a bit more maturity. Mm-hmm. And every time they sit, for the most part, I don't know the exact record, but I know the last couple of times y'all have seen each other, they've t- they've taken y'all out. So, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. this is not something to sneeze at. And they got a lot of young. Like, listen, Anthony Edwards is amazing. Shea Gilders, Alexander, Beautiful. is a problem. He's good. He's, He's good. a pr- Like, they can cancel each other out and make a series real interesting. So yeah. you know you 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 want home court advantage in that situation if it comes down to that when you're in a position to be the one seed in, in in your conference you need to lock in on that lock in on that and get that because it plays a massive role come playoff time but the whole Mike Conley thing brings me to another point because we've talked about potential trade options and I've been the one guy that's been like I wouldn't disturb it. Um, I'm kind of at the point now where I'm it tempted be to be like, "Yo, to
2: disturb it a I, might be
1: <laughs> time to make some phone calls about a backup PG because if Mike Conley's gonna and who knows, I don't know if he's playing right now or not, but if Mike Conley's gonna be missing time and the team looks the way it looks without him at times, you gotta have somebody to come in mm-hmm. and and make plays, facilitate, score, you know, run the offense couple of guys in mind, uh, as I look through my notes, Tyus Jones will be a massive, playing right massive now upgrade. literally, right now play, on exactly, on literally playing against him right yep. now. He's part of the reason why y'all lose. It. Well, hey, uh, part of the reason why this game is a dogfight is because, you know, Tyus Jones.
2: Um He is 0 for 2 from the field with three points, sir. Oh, wait, that's 0 for 2, like 2 from we, we, we the field. He's 1 for go- 5.
1: Yeah, we got the game going in the background. It's you know, really, I'm sure uh, he's the... leading
2: the offense, though. Oh, you know, what's I'm this guy's name? The Avdia. Denny Avdia is the one who's torching us tonight so far for the Wizards. Denny Avdia. I think I'm saying that correctly. Either way,
1: I think Tyus Jones is a good option for you at the backup point guard position. Another guy I will be personally looking at is Dennis Schroeder. Um, Mm. He came and he played really well for LA um, in the time he was for LA. He's playing with the Raptors right now.
2: Raptors, okay, that's Um, why I don't know where he is.
1: And so those are just two guys off the top of my head I will be looking at. I'm not sure what's going on with Derrick Rose, but I wouldn't be opposed to trying to bring him back to Minnesota as well. I think he's got like some favorite? type of hamstring uh, some type of hamstring uh uh injury he's dealing
2: with. When he dropped not... more than 50 points against the Indian Pacers, the Wolves actually won that game.
1: And he's a guy who could come in and you know, an experienced guard a guard a guy that's going to bring a lot of leadership to the table. That's why they brought him to Memphis to be a leader in the locker room with guys like John Morant and things of that nature. So those are just three guys, you know. With Derrick Rose, I understand is hurt right now, but those are three guys that I look at. I don't think the price for any of them. Maybe Ty Jones. You might have to trade a couple second round picks. And you need you need you need some veteran leadership clearly yeah. outside of Mike Conley, yeah. and outside of Kyle Anderson. and Even Gobert, uh, you need another guy that's going to run the offense. I'm not saying Gobert runs the offense, but you guys, get what yeah. I'm saying from a, from a veteran perspective, you need a guy that's going to come in and just you know steer the ship sometimes yeah. when it's kind of going off to the side because. You know, Anthony Edwards is not—he's hes hes getting there, but he's not quite there yet. He's still got some room to grow. Cat is not that guy. He's just not that guy, and we've known that for years now, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. <laughs> but, but we know. know but, but we, we know, know. But I don't, I don't know. know. You know what I mean? I don't we, know. We know he's not that guy from that perspective. So I think, you know, you, you probably should go out there and address that position, but— if you can't get a backup point guard, I'm not touching anything else. Because I do think you mm-hmm. can ride this out and go pretty far in the playoffs. All issues included.
2: Yeah. We don't really know what's going to go on with the Timberwolves. Uh, but we do know that they got to get it figured out. Because we have high expectations around here. Now that this team is actually good. And I want us to win a playoff series at the very least, which is, again, kind of Minnesota defeatist attitude. I should have even higher ceiling than that, but I'm not liking this score in Washington. Wolves are up by five now, six minutes left in the third quarter, so plenty of time uh, time for them to figure things out. Uh, you know who might be figuring things out just a little bit? Your Minnesota Wild, winners of three in a row, defeating the Carolina Hurricanes, Florida Panthers, and most recently the Washington Capitals, the really kind of old-looking Washington Capitals. I don't know. Sure, you know, they got that cup with Ovechka in a couple of years ago taking down the golden knights and that was all fine and dandy so whatever they whatever they're doing in the nation's capital with that hockey team okay but I, I, guys i'm getting frustrated by this minnesota wild team at this point and it's mostly just because now? It i finally reached my point <laughs> um it's a roller coaster season obviously but now i'm just getting and maybe you share this frustration as well aj what is this team and what do they want to do um they've had stretches most recently even before they won these 3 games where it really was finally looking all right This team has been boggled by injuries, poor play. It just isn't going to happen this season, and maybe it's best if we enter ourselves into the— Is it Celebrini or Celebrini? How do you pronounce the name? Celebrini. Celebrini. Macklin Celebrini. Maybe it's time for the Wild to position themselves in a way that puts them in the sweepstakes for Celebrini. You know, maybe trade off some assets, maybe look to move some guys at the deadline, that kind of thing. But then— you string together a couple wins. You find yourself only four points out of a playoff spot now, that second wild card. And knowing our general manager, Misty, Mr. Billy uh, Guerin, uh, I just have a feeling that we're just going to put ourselves in a position to keep trying to win this season. And again, I don't know if even we've reached a point where even if we go on another losing stretch, that that position is going to change no matter what how are are you feeling after just what this wild thing wild team is putting us through aj are you confident that maybe just maybe this can propel ourselves to potentially get in the playoffs or do you think maybe we should maintain course and really just not you know try to make this a Awesome season. Let me say <laughs> I this. Know how to
1: put that. I, I can answer that question for AJ. He's not feeling good. Let's just put it like he's not happy. I, I've been I've been seeing a lot of your tweets, AJ. I've been seeing a lot of your tweets, just going on rants. You have not you've not been happy, man. And 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 I, maybe there's time to turn it around. Maybe there's not. I, I, you know, I, I'm the guy just outside looking <laughs> the in. The Wild you know. won't let us decide. <laughs> I, you know, it's kind of up in the air right now. Um, but but to answer that question for AJ before he goes, he's not happy with. The 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 play he's the, that the that they're displaying on the ice that's that's take it away AJ <laughs>
0: <laughs> to
1: answer the question for him. I'll be his translator.
2: He I'm should pay you. I'm tired, guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm tired, boys. This, this you do team, a lot well,
2: you <laughs> you also team, do a lot of Judd hockey show recordings too, so you're uh, you're just exhausted these oh, days.
0: Oh no, not even just like like physically, just like mentally and emotionally. This team <laughs> just ref- it's it's a roller coaster because you know, you start as bad as they do. Things aren't looking too hot. They make a coaching change. They win 11 of their, uh, 11 of their next 14 <laughs> under John Hines. Wow. Hey, we might've just got things back on track since then. Uh, it's about 500 under John Hines. Um, so things That's have, fun. things have evened out. Um, but yeah, and the thing is the wild have a game against Nashville on Thursday, at home division rival. Then they host on Hockey Day Minnesota the uh, woeful Anaheim Ducks, who are, you know, there's not a lot of teams worse in the wild this season in the West, but they are one of them and by a long shot. So these are, these are must win games. After that, they have a 10 day break. The All Star game is up and then like the NHL implemented a. Uh, like a, like a bye week essentially, they don't call it a bye week but it's just like a period of rest for every team that's mandatory. Everybody gets one. I, I hate it. Just keep playing. Was
2: that something they started doing for the Olympics? Was that originated as an Olympic break and they just adopted it into the NHL?
0: I think that was like the intention in mind. Okay. Um, yeah. And they used to have like just a stretch where they just didn't play so that people could go do that. But uh, then it just became like, you know what, maybe give them a break, blah, blah, blah type thing. Teams need a rest. Um, But these next two games are like crucial for the Minnesota Wild season. I think whatever happens, because the trade deadline is, I want to say March 8th. That might be wrong, but to me that sounds correct. Um, But what we've seen in trends over the past few years here is that a lot of teams have been making these trades earlier and earlier. Because what it used to be is you get the guy – you trade form at the deadline. It's a big splash, but then you're kind of having them, like, mesh and find that chemistry for the remaining part of the season. So you're not really benefited – you're not benefiting the rewards of your trade until either the final week-ish or once you get into the playoffs if it works out. So what they're trying to do now is – and this, I want to say, started with the Pittsburgh Penguins when they started trading, like a, – a, first it was a week, and then it was two weeks, then it was three weeks. Like, they're, they're looking into, like, Valentine's Day almost is your new – deadline ish is when people start mm-hmm. really picking up trades um, to the point where the deadline day, the past couple of seasons have just been woeful where we're just sitting around the, like the ticker and nothing comes across eventful. So um, you're going to have to think long and hard if you're Bill garen about where the state of the team is. And I think going in on what could potentially now be a five game win streak, one against uh, a, a division rival, another against a another Western conference team, but one that, very well, could just start doing something you never know. They do have talent in Anaheim, they're just young and kind of up. Is Zegers series.
2: even playing right now for them, or is he still hurt? He's still hurt right now. Okay, um, so he's definitely their best player.
0: Yeah, um, the, honestly, you could argue that maybe it's Leo Carlson, their fourth overall hmm. pick from this past season, but um, <laughs> just with how he how good he's looked. But uh, the, the problem is you're seeing what, and, and I'll tribute Judd Zolgad with this is because he coined it pretty perfectly. They're looking so far like what the Vikings did this year. You start mm. very great. And you're like, okay, you know what? This is going to be what we're going to do. We're going to truck, uh, truck through it. We're going to be drafting top five. You know, Th- that's going to be the reward. Nope. Hey, we're gonna rattle off what five consecutive wins, four consecutive Mm -hmm. wins, get right back in it. Hey, you know Josh Dobbs is looking good. The Magic's there. We can maybe squeak in. We just gotta string together a couple more wins.
2: You know, we might even be able to win the division. Why not? Maybe, maybe Josh Dobbs could play on our fourth line for for our defense. You think maybe? Probably not. Now they're now. Sorry, Sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're fine. You're fine. Fine. Cheap shot. shot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Then they, uh, you know, then just like the Vikings, the the Wild kind of, and that was the the initial surge under John Hines. Since then, a lot of losses. They've been kind of trailing back in. They got as high as like the sixth pick in the draft, like before lottery stuff could shake things up. And now three-game win streak. I think they're going to probably win. If they win on Thursday, they absolutely win, I think, on Saturday. Um, It's it's frustrating because you're stuck in this route of I don't think right now and I don't think anybody can else put a solid argument together that this team – is built and has the personnel to make the playoffs, nor do they have like the cap space. They're missing their captain, uh, Jared Spurgeon on LTIR for the rest of the season done for the year. They don't really, and I don't think making like a huge splash trade fixes anything here. You have Marc-Andre Fleury out now with an upper body injury. My guess is something concussion related, or he's had a couple in his career already. They don't have a timetable on that. So Hmm. do, do you expect him to come back in a week or two? And if he does return sooner than later, that can be re-aggravated if he takes. An, he plays an acrobatic right. style of hockey. He puts himself in the chaos. All it takes is, you know, a hundred mile per hour slap shot that just ricochets off somebody and hits him right in the uh, right. You know, rings his bell. Um, somebody comes yeah. in a little too hard and just crashes the net. He falls back, smacks the back of his head on the ice. You know, you never know with that type of thing. So then, you have a suitable backup with Jesper Volstead. He had a terrible <laughs> NHL debut. That being said, he
2: didn't, he didn't get a lot of help in front of him. None. Um, Those first four goals he allowed weren't his fault at all. He yeah. had one back off the stanchion, very a la Patrick mm. Kane, 2014 kind of style. The The first one, the first one five hold him, but that was called off offsides too as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if that's the case, if they do have to call up either him or I believe Zach McIntyre has been called up a couple of times as well. Zane, um, Zane McIntyre. Sorry, Zane. Um, <laughs> You know, I would be open to the return of Jesper if he can. Just if there's any chance he, that he can, he's um, already back. But the club, right he now. is already back. Okay, great. Um yes, then but I want it, him to get an opportunity to be able to get that Dallas game out, get that taste out of his mouth. Honestly, I thought he was put in a pretty um, bad situation in the first place to just start that game in the first, like uh, on the road against Dallas, a team that has absolutely owned you the last several years, including the playoffs. You should have started him game. He, he should have started the next day against. Was it was it Arizona? Was that the next one? Yeah, I believe. Yes. That okay. And, not, and, not, and obviously, that was an absolute disaster they for the watch. And that starts. could have been. Yeah. Yeah. And so that might have also been a bad situation to put him in, but he's got to get up there and he's got to get some reps. And uh, if there is a chance for him to get that now, that, that would be ideal. If Flurry can't play, though, that I think would put a pretty. pretty uh, dampen some things at least in the current success of the wild that might ultimately like put them on that trajectory of not making the playoffs um but he but he also is going to be in the trade rumor mill as well I've already seen his name get brought up a little bit I don't think the wild will move on from flurry just because one he's your only goaltender really at the moment um uh, and obviously Gustafson, Gustafson can incorrect. be correct yeah yeah sorry in. excuse me sorry uh maybe he's in the trade mill as well except I don't think he will because of the contract extension maybe Flurry will be uh, maybe Flurry will be too but I just don't see Flurry at this point in his career wanting to uproot himself he's already talked about how much he like wants to like retire with the Minnesota Wild and everything like that um yeah, and, and, and the- you know what there's still there's still encouraging signs right now AJ um Marcus Johansson is playing out of his mind right now. He's been great. Ewell Eriksson, Eck, and Kirill Kaprizov had awesome weeks. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Hat-trick by Kaprizov uh, as well. Um, and then uh, Brock Faber just continues to do awesome Brock Faber things. Um, he's he's probably not going to win the Calder. I'm assuming McDavid's going to – well, actually, will McDa- I mean, McDavid McDavid. – I'm getting all the names wrong. You can tell I'm talking <laughs> hockey. Uh, Berdard, <laughs> is he going to have enough time to actually win the Calder? For, no, is he going to have guy- enough time from the broken
0: jaw? Well, that's the thing. He's so fractured jaw for him and then he tried to like return quicker than what doctors prescribe. So he Uh. actually, from my understanding, like furthered the injury. So now he's missing an additional it was a it was originally six to eight. You can tack another six weeks onto that, um, because of like him just trying to rush himself back. So kids out there, you know, listen to your body. If if something hurts, maybe don't uh try skating. And I know it's a jaw, but at the same time, like that. You're still bounced up and down. um To your point, quick too about huh. the trade deadline stuff. Mm-hmm. So many guys on this team have a no no move clause, no that trade clause, too. and we did and, that this
2: off season too, which is yeah. a fr- very frustrating thing. So it ties um, the
0: hands of Bill Guerin almost behind his back because you know the the few the few guys that don't have something, they're it's either Jewel Ericksonek who I think is nearly unmovable unless you get a king's ransom for him, or it's somebody like a. You know Connor Deward or Brandon Duhame who isn't going to really do anything for you. The right. one guy probably is either a Zach Bogosian who has been a surprising pickup. Yeah. They you know it was a kind of a throwaway trade in my mind when they first made it. He's looked very well, um, and that's the type of guy that I think a team that's looking for the playoffs for defensive depth is probably going to want. A la possibly. Edmonton Oilers, with how they've kind of resurfaced yeah. after their coaching change and their defensive depth is just brutal. That'd be funny because I'm almost positive Bogosian played for them at one point in his career. Um, and mm-hmm. then Gustafson is, I think you could get a minimum second rounder, but you could probably do a con- like minimum a conditional second rounder that has a very easy like uh, application that bumps into a first, depending on how many games he starts or where the uh, mm-hmm. possible like how far they get in the playoff type of thing. Um, And then, yeah, your, your Brock favorite point. I would love to think that you can actually consider him in the Calder race because it, I, there's going to be an asterisk if he does end up winning it. And I think he's very, should be in the conversation. This guy has had such a big impact with all the, um, just the injuries that have riddled Mm -hmm. the wild blue line. He stepped in and as a 21 year old rookie looked like a 28 year old, like prime veteran at this point, he looks like a guy that probably should have a letter on his chest that doesn't involve the wild name. If you get what I'm saying. One very of those, likely one of those, that will look,
2: happen in his future. i guessing yeah. so.
0: Um, and with Bedard out for this extended time and now missing even more, he leads, leads rookies in ice time. He is now second in assists. He's 24th in goals, but he's a two-way or even more so defensive defenseman. I think that's going to change to be a two-way defenseman now as people realize mm. he actually can handle the puck. He's been performing very well on the power play when he's gotten his looks there. And he's, I mean, the guy is just incredible. The guy, he's a monster. I know people are going to say he has like 19 or something goals against him while he's on the ice the past, you know, five games or whatever. When you're playing over half the game, guess what? On a a team that's worse than the opposition, you're going to give up goals. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, Ed, long story short, this team in reality buckle up because they're probably going to stay middle of the pack like normal, draft middle of the pack like normal. Um, you're not going to get high enough Vikings. We, it sucks. Like let's play hockey. It sucks. I, <laughs> let's like, play hockey. Let's play hockey. I just, I just don't think this little resurgence against some bad teams. You mentioned it. The capitals looked awful. Yeah. I was talking to Judd last night after the game. He, he said it perfectly. They looked like a legitimate beer league team that I can go up to blame to the super <laughs> Ring and find on yeah. a Saturday night. It, you, tony Nick and josh awesome. just got done having three three cores lights at the bar and said let's lace some up and go you know hit, hit people around for a little bit um they look we'll they just look bad um yeah. Nashville is probably the one that they're they're a very solid squad they're a playoff squad in my opinion yep. if you can look dominant over them then we can have a conversation about this team actually being good but if you struggle and maybe and if you give them anything the point about that is the the nhL point structure needs to steal what the pwhl is doing this season i need three points three points if you win in regulation ah, if you go to overtime thank you get you. One, you get two if you win one if you lost because right now with the two and one or just zero there is no there's no way for teams that yeah. are so far back to actually be rewarded for winning and like progressing and, and catching up people are always winning points left mm-hmm. and right like there's three point nights around the league yeah so often for teams so um it's just it's such a hard time i don't know if they have enough time to actually like crawl back into it uh the last thing mm-hmm. that i will say about this is that if they do end up where i think they're probably going to be which is like a mid round or a mid first round pick the one silver lining is uh there's a gentleman the name is going to be familiar for a lot of wild fans aginla aginla mm-hmm. son of jerome uh, he's to say a
2: lot of nightmares from that name back in the old Northwest Division days. Yeah, former yeah. former
0: wild killer, uh Calgary Flames legend. Yeah. Uh his eldest son Tij, T I J, Tijaginla is 17. He's playing with the Kelowna Rockets up in the WHL right now. He's got uh, 55 points in 40 games. Hmm. For some hmm. reason, he's only slotted to be like a 17th overall pick. He's going to be like a mid to late teen pick he should be higher than that based on the footage I've seen. He plays a hybrid like center wing um, combo. I think he's probably going to settle at the wing when he makes the jump to the NHL. He is going to, he like, he, he looks just like his dad. He, he looks and <laughs> plays just like his dad. And that is where number like, 12 as well. I actually don't know. Off the I top hope of my so. bed. Right now he's I hope he's so. six foot. He's six feet tall. He's expected to grow a little bit still. Um, Like this is, this is like the guy where, okay you're going to have to look at if you want to go forward there there's a lot of good puck moving left-handed defensemen which the wild also need in this draft but we can touch on that stuff as we get closer right now we're just sitting in this kind of middle road of are they going to decide to be good or are we going to go back to what we decided to be the first portion of the season which is just got awful so but i've had but you know who's like- not god awful
2: Oh, don't! I almost stepped on my touchdown call really quick. I was about okay. to do a write that down prediction, AJ.
0: Oh, sorry. Do sorry. that. And do uh, that, and then I since I feel bad, so you take the segue <laughs> into a uh, Hall Pinter.
2: But I've still had it with the up and down season. So write this down: Ooh. the Minnesota Wild will finish with exactly eighty-two points. We're just gonna split it halfway down <laughs> the middle. Eighty-two games, eighty-two right. points. I've just, I, I can't. I I have no idea what direction this team is going to go. And sure, we're going to have a better idea idea of that after the trade deadline. But, I mean, if you think about the players that you'd – ideally, potentially like to move on from if your team's not very good, the Ryan Hartmans, the Matt Zuccarellos, maybe even the Marcus Flenos. Well, those guys have no move clauses, and they're not going anywhere. They're locked up long term, and who knows? Maybe they'll be um, key pieces moving forward for the Wild next season and years to come, but as of right now, I just I have to make that prediction because I'm just mm-hmm. stuck, stuck in the middle with you uh, with this Minnesota Wild team at the moment, so write that down. 82 points exactly for the Minnesota Wild here in 2023 and 2024. Uh, Would you like to do your transition now, AJ? No, I'll uh, let you because it was not going to be that. It's great. not it as it forced. won't be as smooth anymore. It won't be no, as smooth okay. anymore. Yeah. No, okay. All right. Well, sorry for ruining it. Oh, uh, okay. All right. The transition. I don't really have one. Up met... to Joe Mauer. Okay, there you that's, go. good there you go. <laughs> that's good First enough. Of
1: of that's fame. good enough. First battle Hall of fame. That's good
2: enough. Yeah. As you can see, I'm rocking my twins cap and my Star Wars themed uh, pullover sweatshirt that they gave out on uh, uh, Star Wars Night at the Twins game. They got the little M logo there, and obviously that's R2D2. But the bigger deal, obviously, is Joe Maurer being elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. First ballot Hall of Fame as well. And guys, grew up watching Joe Maurer. Had season tickets for the Twins. Watched a good chunk of his career. And the first thing that really popped in my mind when you know I found out the news about this and frankly with nowadays with how um, Hall of Fame ballots are submitted we actually been tracking this for a long time Uh, you need 75% of the ballot to go your way to get elected to the Hall of Fame but now online I mean you can see trackers of this weeks in advance so we've been keeping an eye on Joe's progress for several weeks now and it was always hovering at that 82 mark or so and I think he ended overall at 76 but anyway my point is is just I've had to Take moments of reflection guys to really just realize what i saw back in my childhood because you know joe mauer came up with the twins back in 2004 up through 2018 so let's see 2004 i was about 10 i didn't really get into the twins until about 2006 so 12 years old and that's that was mauer's big season and you know obviously the success of the team i think maybe put a damper on kind of just at least maybe maybe not national recognition of Joe, because I think it speaks to the national recognition that he was a first battle Hall of Famer, but at least locally, because Joe was an easy target of criticism. You know, people came after him because he didn't hit for power a ton, especially after 2009. People were wondering about his injury history and everything like that. I mean, I still even get triggered a little bit when I hear the term bilateral leg weakness Mm. and and so on and so forth. But I never watching this guy. Imagine that I would be seeing a First ballot Hall of Famer. And now I'm just kind of maybe having some revisionist history and just going through all those games that I saw Joe play and just be like, wow, I don't think I I, I really did take for granted what I saw. And you know what? I mean, just listen to these numbers, man. The 2009 AL MVP, a six-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glover, three-time batting champion. And at that point when he won the batting title in 06, no American League catcher had ever done it five Silver Slugger awards, a career 306 average, Now, obviously he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And when you just extrapolate all of that, well, of course he's a Hall of Famer. But because, you know... Maybe we all grew up around him because he was Minnesota Joe from here, played for the Twins. Maybe it just was hard to see at the time. And now I think me and other Minnesota Twins fans over the next couple of years are really going to find an appreciation for Joe Maurer that I don't think a lot of us had while he was playing uh, during his career. And it's just mind boggling. It's so fun. Unfortunately, it's the biggest news of the Twins offseason because they haven't signed a single player in free agency or done a dang thing. They've cut their payroll. We don't know what channel the games are going to be on TV. It's kind of a mess over at Target Field. But this obviously is the shining star, the north shining star of the Minnesota Twins offseason. And frankly, I wasn't expecting this. I don't think a lot of Twins fans were expecting this. But when we saw the ballots coming in and we saw Joe significantly over that uh, 75 percent, we're like, oh, my God, this is actually going to happen. And it's going to be nice now that we're going to see all the criticisms that we heard of Joe Maurer kind of fade away, and we're just going to be able to exalt him. And, you know, not I mean, athletes are already pedestalized enough, but we're going to be able to hoist him as just what – Really, he represented as a talent, as an athlete, and also as a Minnesota native. He represented our state very well throughout his career. And thank God he didn't go to Florida State to play football. I think he made the right choice, sticking with baseball, fellas.
1: Well, I can't yeah. say anything better than uh, my bad, AJ. I can't no, say anything good. better than what uh, what uh, Jason said. He kind of took the numbers right out of my hands. I was going to write a some of numbers, but it's cool, you know. You got it. The only thing he didn't bring up is 1,018 runs, 400 and. 28 doubles, 30 mm-hmm. triples, 143 home runs. Obviously, a successful career. Um, the thing that I think most about, because obviously I am not the baseball guy. I'm not going to try to act like I'm the baseball guy. I'm just going to be real about that. But um, in this type of situation, you know, I, I talked to Grant because yeah. Joe Maurer was actually here recently and yes. he did an interview with yeah. Grant and the people over at my talk, if I'm not mistaken. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Grant is a super, super Joe Maurer yeah. fan and has some things signed and whatnot. And I just asked him, like, this guy is the first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, this guy is obviously a, a staple um, in the in the state, in the city. He's just an electrifying player. Um, what's one thing you could, like, really tell me about him? And he was just like, he's an incredible person. Like, yeah. he might be a better person than he is a player, and that's saying something. And that's the type of person you want to root for. A lot of players in that position could be real arrogant. A lot of players in that position could be real stuck up. But he's the complete opposite. What you see is what you get. He's a professional. He's professional. And I think that's not knowing a ton about him or a ton about the sport. I think that's what I like most. Outside of the numbers, outside of the things that he's accomplished, he's he's a guy you could walk up to and say hi. He'll shake your hand, have a conversation, and keep it pushing. And and that's and that's great. So shout out to him, first battle Hall of Famer. Congratulations.
0: Yeah, and three three batting titles, only catcher to ever have three. Like mm-hmm. that that's yeah. that's crazy because you don't don't see that type of that kind of duality behind the plate it's either it feels like you are a a power hitting catcher and that's kind of it the defense you know you're going to look the other way um, and this is a terrible comparison but i'm just for an example like a gary sanchez like he his prime days with the yankees he's mashing the ball but he's a liability behind the plate or you get it the other way around where it's um, you know, they're very gr- good defensively and, you know, if they pick up some hits here and there and move the order along, it's fine. Joe Maurer, I mean, five silver sluggers, multi or three-time gold glove winner. It, it's incredible to like, think about how good he was. And I like, think about how smooth that swing was in the final years of the Metrodome. He, he could hit it all over the park. And that's the thing. And you could argue maybe that hurt him at times. Eventually moving to Target Field because of how that that field is kind of built. It's a little, uh, it's it's not as friendly to the lefty pushing it opposite field as much as if
2: he had just pulled the ball. Which is amazing because they built it to the exact same dimensions as the Metrodome. Yeah, you know what I mean? They even had the baggy in right field. They yeah. built Target Field for Maurer and Morneau, no, and it just didn't work that way. They got outside and changed everything.
0: So so weird. Um, I know. But yeah, I mean, on top of that, too, now he is the youngest member of the, uh, currently the youngest member of the Hall of Fame. He's not the youngest ever inducted. That was Sandy Koufax, mm-hmm. who got inducted at the age of 36, Joe Maurer's 40. But he's he's bookending it here where with, uh, you know, he's 40, the youngest current member of the Hall of Fame. On the other side of that, Willie Mays, who's 92. Like that, <laughs> right. what 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 company for what that? What were we waiting for with that one? You know. And then it's funny to think of the three players. Obviously, Jim Leland gets in with the veteran committee, mm-hmm. but uh, you had Todd Helton, who yeah. is also the two guys who played their entire career with one franchise. Joe, obviously, with the Twins. Todd Helton with the Rockies. Funny enough, both guys tremendous multi-sport a- athletes because both committed to D one football. Um, oh. Do you, do you know who the quarterback was ahead of Peyton Manning at, uh, at Tennessee? Todd Helton? Todd Helton started really? the game wow. prior to I did it, not know that. Crazy know to think. Crazy to wow. think. Um, so, yeah, and, I mean, Joe. I mean, Todd Payton, we, everything he knows. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, Both Hall and, of Famers. And last thing, too, is like, obviously, the baseball stuff clearly worked out. But there's a case to be made that Joe Maurer is the greatest high school athlete of all time.
2: Actually, mm-hmm. though with A the Gatorade of the Year nominations, yeah. Yeah, in high school for baseball
0: at Creighton Durham Hall, he struck out one time his entire high school career. Uh, like you said, Gatorade player of the year. Um, the only reason he didn't play hockey is because he was playing basketball at that point, which I <laughs> it sounds like he probably could have gone D1 in that as well. Um, just just an insane athlete all around, which is crazy because, like if you talk to him and all of his teammates, like you guys mentioned, he, he, just more he did a full package where it's just like you know kind of talking about his accolades and whatnot he's like joe i know you you're probably watching this right now head kind of down just smiling and laughing not saying a word exactly because it, it's the old expression of if you're that great other people are going to talk about how good you are and joe takes that he embodies that he's not yep. going to go around bragging about you know his uh you know 444 on base percentage in 2009, which is absurd, nice. um, you know, nearly batting like, you know, back. he's not going to brag about how he was back to back and will be the show cover athletes in 090, uh, well like, yeah, just insane. He, you know, he's going to let other people do it and he's going to take the time out of his day because the funniest thing is with the announcement, it seems like all five pl- plus million people in the state of Minnesota have a picture of themselves with Joe Mauer. This guy has never left the front of a camera. Yeah. Always. Yeah. It seems like taking the time doing stuff in the community. Um, Yeah. in, yeah. yeah, it's there's there's we could probably have another hour discussion about just talking about how good Joe Mauer is, but I feel like it would get a little repetitive, but, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe we'll just do a, a,
2: a backup show. Just a Joe Mauer. Something style. like that. Joe Mauer special <laughs> coming right up here on the score north YouTube channel. Uh, Yeah, he is the he, he really is even more so because I got to actually watch him play like in person. He he is the epitome of childhood sports uh, uh, for me, um, even more so than guys like Kevin Garnett and Randy Moss, because, you know, didn't get to go to a lot of Vikings games growing up, didn't go to a ton of Timberwolves games growing up either occasionally, but I really got to sink my teeth in with the Twins. And when Joe Maurer pretty much was in the prime of his career. So I will always have an appreciation now, even more so that he is a first ballot hall of famer of just what I was able to witness and how fun it was. And honestly, I thought the biggest holdup was the fact that Maurer never won a single playoff game. And I don't know how many MLB, uh, well, it's not MLB, but how many baseball Hall of Famers are in the Hall of Fame that didn't win or weren't part of a single playoff roster that won a playoff game? I don't really know how many they are actually on there, but Joe's one of them. But it still didn't take away from the individual greatness of... Him as a player, and that's kind of that's kind of the mo of the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's not really it's it's less how it is in football, where it really is about like championships, especially for quarterbacks, or maybe that's the way in the NBA. Baseball really, when it comes to greatness and being recognized for graces, is really about the numbers and the statistics you put up. You know, if you can put up 500 home runs, 3,000 hits, all that kind of stuff, that basically guarantees you a lock into the MLB Hall of Fame. And that was kind of the case with Adrian Beltre. But he was also an awesome all around player as well, and was also also deserving of that first ballot Hall of Fame as well. So, yeah, I'm sure they'll have a raucous celebration at Target Field sometime this summer, probably after the Coopertown enshrinement ceremony. I know Grant is actually going to go to Cooperstown for that. He was planning on going anyway, but then the Maurer stuff happened and he's just like, well, now I really, really got to go. Right, and right. I think he even mentioned to Joe like, hey, I'm going to be in Cooperstown and hopefully I'll see you there. And even Joe said, oh, yeah, I hope to see you. Bye. Yeah, reach out or something like that. Again, it just speaks to how awesome of a person Joe Mauer is. Congratulations, man! You are a fan favorite um, for years to come. Here in the Twin Cities, obviously Minnesota legend, and I I don't know what they got in the water over there in St. Paul, but it, you know you got Jack Morris, Dave Winfield, Paul Molitor, and now Joe Mauer. Five percent of the first ballot Hall of Famers in the Baseball Hall of Fame are from the city of St. Paul. Think about that. Think about that. I don't know. Think about that. So, all right, gentlemen, we got to wrap up things here on the score. North taxi squad. Another lively show as always. Not a lot of Vikings talk this time around. It's kind of the off season. Now I know we've got the conference championship games coming up, but just, you know, when your team's not in the playoffs, you know, That's kind of what the narrative is a little bit. And uh, I didn't feel like bringing up any like Russell Wilson reckless speculation. I'm pretty sure he's still the odds on favorite. Wherever he's going to land next season, I think the Vikings are still the odds on favorite for Russell Wilson. But I don't want to talk about that anymore. Uh, Guys, any final thoughts before we wrap up the show?
1: If the uh, completely unrelated to these conversations, if the Baltimore Ravens do not blow out, and I mean blow out by like 14 or more points, the Kansas City Chiefs, at the end of the game, watch for it to be swayed. The Chiefs way. Those are my final thoughts.
2: They want Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. Just watch. Just, it, those I, ratings I, I, are going to be believe, insane. They're going to make the Super Bowl a Peacock exclusive if the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl.
1: I believe the Ravens will win, and I do think they'll dominate this game because they're exceptional on both sides of the ball. But if Pat finds the way to make it close, they will not lose. I can guarantee they will get a crazy late game call that will swing it their way and send them right back to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, that uh, that AFC Championship game for me is the Super Bowl, so it'll be fun to watch. That's the one mm, that I'm actually, really? I yeah, I think so. I don't, I just unless Brock Purdy decides to flip it on, because if he plays like he did against the Packers, that defense can only do so much. They can't, as Giselle Bunkin once said, "My husband cannot throw and catch the ball." whoever Brock Purdy's or whoever the who's dating the entire 49ers defense. My, my husbands cannot defend and offense the ball or something you know, <laughs> and, and score the ball. There you and, go. Thank you. There or you they go. can technically, but not, not as they, much. they can offend the ball, but not, yeah, anyways. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, 49 ers obviously a fantastic team. I just don't think Brock Purdy is like that cherry on top to be able to like from based on what we saw. And then, yeah. I, I mean, Detroit, I still think they're and like, I know they had a very good game, I just feel like their defense is suspect. I very feel no like sus. It's in, very in sus. It, especially if it's Lamar or Patty Mahomes, I mean, they're going to get, they're going to get exposed. So um, I think, I think the Ravens probably win. And I do think the 40, 49ers probably win. So it'll be a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl, And in that case, you may as well just hand it off to Baltimore and start planning the parade.
2: Yeah. Uh, then John Harbaugh would be the uh, Super Bowl champion and nobody's got it better than them. The Harbaugh's or whatever their dad says at the <laughs> Or whatever, when he's on TV, who's got it better than us? Nobody, or whatever it is. Uh, Jim uh, uh, signed a deal with the Chargers. Did I see that right yes. before the show started? Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, made the move to Michigan or made move from Michigan. I mean, he win a national title. What else can you do? And he brought Michigan back to, like, the the stratosphere, which Michigan, you know, was back in the 90s. So uh, what else do you do? All right, that'll wrap it up for the Score North Taxi Squad this week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and watching. If you want to check us out, you can go to the Score North YouTube channel. want to see our lovely faces. Otherwise, you want to just listen to us. ScoreNorth.com, Score North mobile app, Apple, and Spotify is also where you can check us out. My name is Jason Stormer. That's Artist Woods. That's A.J. Fredrickson. We will talk to you guys next time on the Score North Taxi Squad. And until then, you have a lovely, lovely week and take care now. Bye-bye.